Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. Have you ever received a blessing and wondered what God was preparing you for? The truth is, He might have blessed you simply because He loves you. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah considers how believers ought to respond when blessed by God or disappointed by Him as he continues his series on Elisha. To introduce today's message, The Ups and Downs of Life, here's David. And thank you for joining us today. This is Turning Point, and uh, this is the month of September that kicks off everything here in this ministry. Uh, This is a very busy time as we look forward to the events of the fall. And during the month of September, we launch uh, our calendar And I always have to explain this because I don't know any other ministry that launches a calendar in the month of September. We do it for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's a 14-month calendar. It begins in November of the year in which it is presented. So this November and December are in the front of this calendar. And we do it so that, you, first of all, you get it in time. Secondly, so that during this busiest of all the seasons, you have this calendar to mark your assignments and keep track of your appointments. I don't know about you, but Don and I have discovered that now, because of all that's happened, it's more important than ever that we write things down and stay together, because otherwise it's just chaos. And this calendar will help you do that. There's a place for you to write in your appointments every day. And most of all, it's a beautiful calendar you can put on the wall that reminds you that you're moving toward hope. That's the theme. Our life is filled with joys and trials, but if you're a Christian, you don't walk through life alone. And Jesus promised that he would be with you always to the end of the age. So take that promise with you each day in the coming year and never stop believing in the never-changing God. Make 2022 the year that you begin moving toward hope. And be sure to ask for this calendar when you send your gift to Turning Point today. Well... Speaking of days and ups and downs, that's what I'm going to talk about from the life of Elisha, the ups and downs of life. Back in November of 2018, Hunter was on his way from South Dakota to his sister's wedding in Las Vegas, and he left his wallet on the airplane. It held the 20-year-old's ID and debit card, as well as $60 and a signed paycheck. Hunter feared the worst. He was certain all of it would be lost forever. It was a really low moment in his life. On the next flight, Todd Brown reached down to buckle his seatbelt, and he found the wallet. At first, he thought about returning it to the flight crew. But he wanted to make sure Hunter got the wallet back, so he decided to hold on to it, and mail everything back to Hunter, and then some. When Todd mailed the package, he included a note that read, Hunter, found this on a frontier flight from Omaha to Denver, wedged between the seat and the wall. Thought you might want it back. All the best. P.S. I rounded your cash up to $100 so you could celebrate getting your wallet back. Have fun. 
That's a great story. Never happened to me, but it happened to him. He went from a low moment to a high moment. Like Hunter, Christians aren't immune to life's alternating patterns. Nor were the heroes of the scripture. We think we're the only ones who go up and down from the mountaintop to the valley. Think of any biblical character you want to, from Adam to Zechariah, and if you read about them in the Word of God, each of them had good days and bad days. Take Elijah, for example. In one chapter, we see him calling down fire from heaven on the ridge of Mount Carmel. Turn a few pages, and he's hiding under a juniper tree, wishing he were dead. In the first chapter of Job's book, we see him rich and respected on top of the world. Happy home, happy wife, good health, good wealth. A few verses later, he's sitting in the ashes, mourning his family, reduced to poverty, scraping his sores with pottery shards. Or consider the patriarch Joseph. He's pictured in Genesis 40, rotting in prison. Turn the page, and he's the prime minister of Egypt. When John the Baptist started preaching, he instantly became the most successful and renowned evangelist in four centuries. But we see him next. He's sending a word to Jesus from prison saying, are you the coming one or do we look for somebody else? In Matthew 16, Peter heard Jesus saying to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Five verses later, he heard the same voice say, get behind me, Satan. In 2 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul talked about being caught up into the third heaven. A paragraph later, he's burdened with his thorn in the flesh. In Revelation 1, the Apostle John was banished from church and country, sentenced to a lonely exile on an island. But by verse 10, he's in the spirit on the Lord's day, caught up in a heavenly vision to see the splendor of the enthroned Christ. All through the Bible, that's what you see. People here and then here, up and down. We would like to think that once we get saved, we're on a perfect trajectory to heaven. But it isn't that way, is it? We have our good moments and our tough moments. In the midst of it all, we have Jesus, and he makes it all work. The next time you begin to think you're the only one who has ups and downs, just go read your Bible again, and you'll be encouraged to know that you're just in good Christian company. As our series on the miracle working Elisha continues, we're going to meet a woman who is described as a great woman who was well acquainted with the highs and lows of life. One day, Elisha traveled from his headquarters at Mount Carmel to a tiny city named Shunem. It was a hike of about 15 miles in that city was a notable woman. In fact, the Bible tells us that she was a great, gracious, and godly woman. Most of all, she was hospitable. And this woman invited the great prophet into her house for some food. Soon it became Elisha's habit to stop at this woman's home for food and refreshment whenever he was in the city. Eventually, the Shunammite woman had an idea. It's described for us in the words of the scripture in 2 Kings 4, 9, and 10. She said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall 
and let us put a bed for him there, and a table, and a chair, and a lampstand, and so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. When I was growing up, my parents had a prophet chamber. It was my bedroom. (laughs) Every time we had a visitor, a missionary, or a guest speaker, or somebody that my parents invited to our home, they got my room and I got the couch. But it was always worth it because they brought so much to our family. And I learned so much just sitting around the table listening to these people and was so wonderfully blessed by the exposure to so many great people. The prophet's chamber began here in Second Kings and it's been going on for a long time. Little did this woman know when she set up this whole thing that her hospitality would set in motion a series of events that would bring about the greatest surprise of her life. And I want to share this story with you with a few principles as we carry the story along. Here's the first one. When God delights you, enjoy him. Sometime later, after they set up the prophet's chamber, Elisha returned to his vacation home in Shunem, and he sent his servant, a man by the name of Gehazi, to give this great woman an important message. So Gehazi said to her, verse 13, Look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? But the woman didn't need the help of a king or the commander of the army because she and her husband had everything they needed and they were content with their lot in life. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, his servant, if there was anything else they could do to bless this woman for her hospitality. And the servant reported back to his boss and said, Actually, Elisha, she has no son, and her husband is old. So Elisha called the woman back to his room, and as she stood in the doorway, the man of God prophesied an incredible blessing on her future. Second Kings 4.16, about this time, he said, Next year, you shall embrace a son. At first, the Shunammite woman responded in unbelief, skeptical that Elisha was getting her hopes up only to dash them. But sure enough, she became pregnant, and a year later she gave birth to a son, just like Elisha had promised. This brings to our mind a theme that runs throughout the Scripture, the barren women who miraculously give birth to children. The pattern begins with Sarah in the book of Genesis, Nearing 100, she gave birth to Isaac. Then we meet Rebekah, who was childless through 20 years of marriage until Esau and Jacob were born. Then comes Rachel, Jacob's favorite, who remains childless all through a soap opera scenario until, at last, she gives birth to Joseph. In Judges 13, we meet Manoah's childless wife, who becomes Samson's mother. Then Hannah arrives on the scene in 1 Samuel, And out of her tears and prayers comes Samuel. When we walk into the New Testament, we find Elizabeth, well past the childbearing years, miraculously giving birth to John. And of course, it all culminates in Mary's virgin conception and the birth of the Savior. Notice this. The miraculous conception recorded for us in 2 Kings 4 is different from the other accounts in one significant way. In all the other cases, 
the child becomes an important figure in Israel's history. But the Shunammite's child is comparatively insignificant. He doesn't become an outstanding leader or prominent figure in Israel's life. In fact, we don't even know his name. So what's the point? The point is that sometimes God surprises us with gifts. Not a stepping stone to something greater, but simply because he wants to make us happy. God loves to bless his people. One of my favorite memories as the pastor of this church were the summer Bible conferences we used to have years ago on Sunday night. All the incredible speakers that we were able to get to come and speak to us from around the country and literally from around the world. One of our favorites was a man who is now in heaven. His name was E.V. Hill. And when he came, you were in for a night of excitement. I remember the first time he came here to speak for us. He walked in with his posse, and when it was time for him to speak, he got up and he said, I am glad to be here. I want you all to know up front, I have two wives. Now, he didn't tell me he was going to say that. And I wasn't too sure what to think, but then he went on to say, one of them is in heaven and the other sitting in the third row. He said, they're far enough away from each other that they get along just fine. (laughs) That was E.V. Hill. But one of the most memorable things that ever happened with that man didn't happen in our church. I was attending the Moody Pastors Bible Conference, and E.V. Hill was one of the speakers. And he was going to speak that night, and he did speak that night, on the very thought that is here in this passage, that sometimes God For no reason at all, for no connection to the future, for nothing you can trace, God just blesses his people. And he got into an oration where he would say, and God just looked down and he'd say, here, take that. The problem was, over here next to the platform where he was speaking from, there was a table. And on this table were about 15 gift books. And at the bottom of the gift books were three Ryrie study Bibles. You see, this was the night at the Moody Pastors Conference when they gave out the awards to all the pastors who had earned an award. They had books written by George Sweeting, who was the president of the Bible College, and then, of course, the Ryrie study Bibles. Well, not to miss the opportunity for a little visual aid, Evie Hill would say, sometimes Almighty God just looks down and sees his people, and he goes, here's a blessing, and he grabbed the gift book and threw it out in the audience. He went through 10 of them. He just kept going and going. And when he got down to the Ryrie Study Bibles, George Sweeting got up off the platform, went over and grabbed the Bibles so he wouldn't throw them out to the people in the congregation. What he was saying, he did it in his own inimitable style, but he was absolutely right. Sometimes God just blesses his people. Isn't that the truth? Have you ever just had an unexpected, unplanned, undeserved blessing from God? You know what the Bible says? The Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And 1 Timothy 6.17 says, God gives us richly all things to enjoy. So why did God bless this woman with a child? We do not know anything else except this. 
that God wanted to bring joy to her heart. One author said it this way, some people live in the suspicion that God is out to get them. They do not believe that God is good all the way through. They keep waiting for disaster to strike or judgment to fall. The truth is that God is good all the way through. It is his very nature to be good. He is good. He has been good. He always will be good. He cannot be anything but good. God is good. In this life, we're going to have trials and tribulations. Following Christ in the midst of a fallen world can be difficult and overwhelming. But in and through it all, God comes alongside us with his goodness and his gifts. And they sustain us and they bring a smile to our face. So this week, be on the lookout for God's surprise blessings in your life. I bet if you look hard enough, you can find one or two every day. And when God delights you with his goodness, enjoy it and give him thanks. I can't imagine the joy that was in this woman's heart and this woman's life when she found out she was going to have a child. It was the wonderful blessing of God. You know, a lot of Christians that you and I both know have a hard time enjoying the goodness of God. Have you noticed that? Sometimes you ask them, how are you doing? And they say, I'm doing fine. And you want to say to them, well, you need to tell your face. Because their face betrays them. Ladies and gentlemen, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, we have the best of both worlds. We have everything that we need, and God is there for us. And if you watch, he's a God who blesses his people. So the first thing you want to learn from this story is this. When God delights you, enjoy him. Now the second thing seems almost contradictory. But we must take the story at face value. The second thing is this. When God, quote unquote, disappoints you, seek him. Let me continue with the story. Several years passed, and this little family of three continued to host the prophet whenever he came into town. And then one day, the miracle turned into a nightmare. According to 2 Kings 4.18, the child grew... And it happened one day, then he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to a servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees until noon, and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. These verses show us the love of a mother for her only child. And they remind us of the pain and disappointment sometimes we can experience when God's best gifts are suddenly taken away from us. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We don't know for sure, but many commentators believe that the child went out to help his father and either had a case of cerebral malaria or had a sunstroke. Whatever it was that he had, it took his life. And in her grief, this great and godly woman carried the boy up to the prophet's chamber and laid him on the prophet's bed. And then in her disappointment and devastation, she made a plan to visit Elisha at Mount Carmel. Verse 22. 
She called to her husband and said, Please, send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. And she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the Shunammite woman arrived at Mount Carmel after the 15-mile journey from Shunem, she was again met by Gehazi, who escorted her to Elisha's house. There she poured out her heart to the prophet in bitter honesty. 2 Kings 4.27 And when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, Did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? It's difficult to imagine all that Elisha felt in this moment. He had tried to honor this generous woman with the blessing of a child. Now his compassion seems to have turned into cruelty. The text actually tells us that Elisha the prophet was bewildered. He said, the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Elisha said, in other words, the prophet had no idea what the Lord wanted him to do or what was going to happen. Can you relate to Elisha? Boy, I can. Often when we set out to help others, we bump into problems that are too big for us to handle. We become aware of our limitations, that we have little idea about what God is doing. Sometimes we fall into the trap of saying, I know just how you feel when we don't even have a clue. It's in these times that we should learn to follow Elisha's lead. As one author reminds us, Elisha shows much wisdom in dealing with this distress He didn't have an answer, and he was honest about it. Some Christians assume they have a gift for always knowing the solution to all the distresses of other people, and they would do well to catch Elisha's humility and just be quiet. Often we don't have a clue about what God is up to in some believers' trouble. How liberating to confess, God has hidden it from me and has not informed me. But if Elisha's feeling confused... Think about the Shunammite woman. She's not confused. She's disappointed, and she feels betrayed. She had been given a son only to have him taken away from her. What do we do when we're disappointed? And it seems like the disappointment has come from God. We're standing at a fork in the road at that moment in our relationship with him, and we can choose one path that leads away from him and one that leads toward bitterness. Or we can choose the other path that moves toward him and ends in a better, more healthy soul. Well, you have to make up your mind, don't you? This is about the choice you make. This is the decision. And you know, sometimes the decisions we make when we're really up can be careless. And sometimes the ones we make when we're really down can be careless. We need to ask God to give us wisdom. And here's the good news. He's with us in each situation. You can't get so high that God can't be with you. And you can't get so low that he can't be with you. He's with you wherever you go. And by the way, friends, that's the message of our calendar project for this month. This project is 
um, something we do every year, and it's always so appreciated. We get lots of notes from people saying, I loved your calendar. It's beautifully appointed with, an, with incredibly gorgeous photography. And uh, the calendar has a place on every day for you to write your appointments. There's a lot of scripture and reminders in the calendar of prayer and uh, the importance of the promises of God. We created this calendar here at Turning Point to remind you that you are moving toward hope. I hope you will get your copy of this calendar. Here's how you do it. Send a gift to Turning Point today to help us with the cost of airtime and production. And when you do that, simply ask for your copy of the beautiful calendar, Moving Toward Hope, November and December of 2021 and all of 2022 in this calendar. We've prepared it just for you. Don't forget also, friends, we're going to Israel, and we're going in 2022, March 22nd through April the 1st, and uh, we'll be visiting all the historic sites with great leaders and um, a great tour. We'll have a wonderful time together. We're surprised at how many people have registered for this already. We're not going to have a small group. We're going to have a great group of people, all of us with our own bus captains and our own groups and You can come and be with us. I hope you'll do it. Go to our website and look up the information on the Holy Land Tour. And we'll see you right here tomorrow. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's current series, Elisha, the Double Blessed Prophet, visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of our inspiring 14-month calendar for 2022, Moving Toward Hope, filled with scriptures and images to encourage your walk. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart devices or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to instantly access our content. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.org radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Elisha, the Double Blessed Prophet, here on Turning Point. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. Werner von Braun was the great German rocket scientist who laid the foundations for America's space program after World War II. 
As a scientist, he recognized that science offered no moral guidance on how to use its discoveries. Rockets could be used to explore outer space or destroy life on Earth. For that reason, he said, the Bible remains an up-to-date book. Only in the revelation of God's moral code are answers for science and daily life to be found. It is not enough, he said, to pray that God is on our side. We must learn again to pray that we may be on God's side. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's moral laws on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.